This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Previously on Of Mice and Men and Monsters. I pull out this little silver spoon and I would twirl it around in my glass for a second before drinking the water. An embroidered silk handkerchief. You see two familiar letters. W, D. You reach a hand in and you pull out a sword. Yeah, I do. Looking at it, this is a flame tongue sword. Charlie and I know each other from my previous life. Um, we worked, we worked together. Zero, we have to go back. We have to stop Fagin. You notice that her hands are like tied with like leather straps. Um, and, and you notice like a, a fuchsia color peeing out. (sighs) There is a room in the back, a circle. You can use that to transport yourselves. And these people that I have been working with, you need to stop them. And the whole thing lights up. The world around you seems to dissolve, and you are no longer in there, but kind of in an in-between space, waiting to see what the other side will bring. So the beam of light surrounding you from the transportation circle slowly descends. And when your eyes adjust to the gloom, you see around you stone walls and floors. Coffins, both open and closed, litter the room's stone floor and long tables on either side of you. The floor really resembles the same one that you stepped into from Chateau Deef with the same carved circle, the same exact designs all matching there. Right ahead of you, about 10 feet away, is another long wooden table, and on it you see a bunch of carpentry tools, Um, but not really a typical carpentry station, but you see bits and pieces of boards, nails, mallets, and a coffin that is 
in progress of being made. And so what I'm going to give to you guys here is it's, it's the wee hours of the morning. It's just the beginning of dawn, right? We're in the same time frame here. Same time zone as Chateau d'If um, or the Monte Cristo prison. And so I'm going to give you a long rest here, right? You are, as far as you can tell, you're able to do a perception check if you want, um, but you do not immediately hear any voices. Um, you just hear the steady drip of water on stone somewhere far away, um, the sound of crickets dying in the really the rising morning light. And as far as you can tell, you are completely alone in this room. Okay, so we haven't we haven't napped yet, but we so we no. just so there. Okay. Right. During this long rest, of course, in the mechanics of the gameplay, you can regain full hit points, you get spell slots back, and anything else that you need during that time. But narratively as well, I would encourage you guys to use this as a time to talk to one another and catch up on any notes that you might have as well as just have a breather. Really, what would your character do if they actually had full time to rest and heal up and even go over their wares that, they, that you collected in the prison? Yeah, I, th- I think looking around the room, this kind of dank-looking space, I would turn to Penelope, just kind of with a raised eyebrow, and ask her, does this look familiar to you? Do, you? do you know this place? Penny just lets out a deep sigh. She hasn't been here, but it all feels the same. It all feels like where she came from. The dankness, the crickets, the whole thing. So she just lets out a sigh and says, you ever, Have you boys ever slept in a coffin before? It's not as bad as you think. And she heads over and starts inspecting what's in the room. Okay. I don't as know. You- I, I think you underestimate how badly I can think things so i'm pretty sure that maybe it is as bad as i think well you don't even sleep so i i, I that was more of me being well, polite, fair point but... fair point <laughs> i'll just stand in the corner over here then well there are standing <laughs> coffins too so you can just lean if you want be spooky <laughs> oh please do that have him like cross his arms over his chest Really, just, just stand there <laughs> like an old timey, like uh, like a Western villain who has been uh-huh. shot. Yeah. Yes, yeah. you're just gonna Take realize all my them. references are to holes, but still, um, to holes. Oh, that's really good. I'll say, what, since you said Penny that you wanted to kind of walk around, um, you the only new thing I'm going to really point out to you in that section of this space that you see is that there is one doorway off to your right, um, leading to a set of stairs that lead upward. And over that doorway, you see a sign that says Old Smoke Mortuary. And Old Smoke, as you remember, Penny, is the name of the city that you had hoped to leave behind you. Mm-hmm. I just look at him like, I always figured I'd end up in this mortuary one way or another. <laughs> just not, not quite this soon. Awen... <laughs> a- Awen's Awen's not feeling good. Uh, he's he's feeling he's definitely in his feels. Is there? You said that there's some like there's some some corners in this room. <laughs> yes, there are corners. There there are in fact four corners in this room. <laughs> this room has some corners. This is a, a square. This room? this is a rectangular-ish room. So I'll say there are four okay. corners. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Northwest. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Awen Awen goes in. Uh, I guess like just pops a squat 
in uh, like next to one of the corners and from his back he he unsheathes the sword that he got in uh Monte Cristo mm-hmm. and he's just, he just starts to take a look at it he's holding it between his two hands kind of finding he he runs his two hands uh into the center of the blade to kind of find the the balance to find that kind of middle spot where it it balances between his two hands when they're pressed together and he he's really kind of you, you know when you hold something when you're kind of fidgeting with it while you're thinking uh, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like an object for your kind of monkey mind to do to like do while you're thinking about something in the background he's he's fiddling with this sword and kind of like really feeling it and getting to know it um as he's thinking through and kind of reflecting on some of his his actions and the in the scenario that just happened i'll be honest my first thought was that awen is now going to use this sword not as a sword anymore but it's just going to be his new really large fidget spinner it's just, he just spins it on his finger. I thought A1 was just going to start just going through words, like listing all the words he knows to see if he can find the attunement. Aardvark. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, what other A words? Well, during that time, though, as you're, as you're feeling it and as you're kind of getting to know it in a tactile way, what you, in essence, are doing over this long rest is you are going to be attuning the sword. Getting it, since it is a sword with magical properties to it, um, this flaming sword that has a cool flame design embossed into it. But then, of course, if you can figure out its trigger word, or I should say its passcode, uh, then it will also erupt into flames. And so you have to first really fully attune to it. You have to have the sword almost get to know you as well and to recognize you and respond to you. Um, And then from there on, it's figuring out. What's the magic word? So yeah, he's definitely. Go ahead. And he's definitely. He's definitely like. He has worked a lot with, with, um, with the earth and with wood and with leather. Um, he, he, druids, you know, out of the box don't wear metal armor, uh, but they do use swords and things like that. And so, while he hasn't used a bunch of metal. He's definitely interested in like what's going on here, and as he looks at the blade, he sees kind of the the folded Damascus pattern of a, of a of a master craftsman, mm-hmm. uh, and and is is really kind of enjoying and getting lost in the in those folds and kind of the ripples within the blade. And as Awen is in a corner, you see, no, Kate. Um, as as I was almost going to say, as you see him playing with his sword in the corner, but uh, as as Awen is attuning to his blade in a corner, that's not any and Bertram. That's oh not my god. I think it just and it's so phallic. It is such a phallic symbol. So I think anything I say with a man in a corner with a blade. So, anyways, just as you see him attuning to his blade. Good God. Anyways, Penny and Bertram, just what are roll. you doing? What are you doing right now? I, 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 I noticed, yeah, him like doing this, clearly not forgetting that like minutes ago he was like losing his shit. So I kind of just looked to Bertram and I'm like, and like, I'm just sorry, I should describe that. Yeah, I, I was just going <laughs> to say. I look to Bertram, let me go back. I look to Bertram and sort of like, I look, at, I kind of look at A1 and then I kind of like nod and think, and I'm trying to communicate to him with my face being like, you're a dude, talk to him. Believe me, if he's anything like Lord Featherfoot, he'll need a few days to cool down, and then he'll be right as rain, and it might just be best to stay out of his way until then. 
a few days. We don't have a few days, Bertram. Uh, we have to get out of here in a few hours. Okay. And it then, sounds like there's some serious shit. We need him in his on his best, not at his worst. All right, then let's let's just bury this down deep and not look him in the eye uh, until he seems like his old self. Maybe oh, that's how we proceed. Uh, that this is why I am in charge and you are not. And then Penny just walks over to Awen and kind of gets in, gets in front of him a little too close to the sword. It wasn't really a good idea. She tried to get in his eyeline and is like, "Hey, hey, 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 Awen, how? Uh, what's what's going on here? You're not gonna do anything um, foolish with that, are you?" I'm not gonna hurt you, Penny. Didn't think that was not you. You can't. You wouldn't Why be did able you to. I have to voice that. Why did you even speak that into existence? Then look, I'm this, I. I'm not in a good headspace right now to be talking about this. Okay, I'm. It would be better if just maybe just give me a bit. Give me a bit. That's what I said, and I say this while I'm staring at the ceiling. I say this while I'm staring at the ceiling and not looking at Awen's eyes. (laughs) He said days. I'm trying to pull, I'm blindly reaching for Penny to try and pull her back. (laughs) But I'm looking at the ceiling, (laughs) trying to pull her back. You just take as much time as you need. Uh, uh, Maybe a good nap will do all of us good. I know we haven't napped uh, and had a good good sleep and, and, and that hellish day inside the prison there. I think we all could use a good long nap. Penny just rolls her eyes at Bertram, just throwing her under the bus immediately, and then turns to Awen and says, look, take a little bit. That's fine. You've earned that. But Awen, for what we're heading into, I know more than anyone else we're heading into. We're going to need you. We're going to need you. And not, how do I say this? We're, we're going to need you on, uh, on all gears. Is that the term? What's the euphemism? Firing on all cylinders. Yeah. There you cylinders. go. Would that be something she'd actually say, though? Are there cylinders? I guess maybe she's seen them at Frankenstein's. Yeah. I think it's fine. It's gear right. work. Okay, perfect. Um, Awen, we're going to need you firing on all cylinders. You are capable of this. We trust you. We need you. Take what you need, but then pull it together and come back, okay? Penny, you don't even know me. That's a silly thing <laughs> <Sorry>. to say. <laughs> Look, how long we've been? To, how long have we been together? A couple uh, weeks. God, it's it. Uh, I would, I think it's been like two to three weeks, maybe two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. It's it's not been, been that long, you guys. Like I, I, we've gone through a lot of stuff in a really short amount of time, and it seems like we are really close. We've had some really cool moments for sure. But you, you don't even know who I am. Look, look, this whole green, green hood thing in the spotted hand, it's, it's great and whatever. Um, I just, I, I mean, why, why are we here? Why are we doing this? I, I mean, I get it. I get it. We joined. We signed an NDA where we can't say any words about spotted hand, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, we, truly, we, we've only known each other for like three weeks. Fair. You're not wrong. You know that thing 
when you meet someone and they just talk to you and you're like, this guy's a bard and he hasn't told you he's a bard, but he's just like so good at chatting and being charming. You're like, this guy's a bard. And then it turns out he is a bard or wants to be a bard. And you're like, I knew it five minutes in because you're just really charming and fun and easy to talk to. And you told a great story that should have been really boring. That's what it's also like meeting like a nice, good person. Yeah, I haven't known you for years, but I met we we met you and we just knew you're a good person. Doesn't mean you're perfect, but you're good. So take the time you need to rest and then come back as Awin, okay? It doesn't it doesn't matter what you're going through. We know who you are. And also, look, yeah, why are we here? I don't know. I don't want to be here. This is the last place on earth I wanted to be. But the truth is we are now here because I have a bad past and I need to clean it up and I need to take care of some stuff and take care of people the way I wasn't taken care of. I used to live here. I used to work with this guy Fagan they're all talking about. He used to be in charge. I told you a little bit about this on Ahab ship and it was really bad and he's really abusive and he takes advantage of people and I left because I got scared and I got a chance to get out. But I guess I don't get to stay away forever and so I need you both and she turns over and looks over at Bertram, <laughs> who's hopefully still just looking at the ceiling awkwardly because it's emotional. Definitely. I need you both to help me fix this. This guy is bad. There are kids being hurt. I was hurt. I want to fix this. So this isn't about you and your feelings. You're allowed to have them. But this is me saying I need help. I Wait, don't did you say even that see much. me back there? Did you even see me, Penny? I've seen you this whole time. I, I used all my spells. I used all the spells that I had. I used them all, and none of them worked. None of them worked until I started blasting our own friend. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, how am I going to help you? How am I going to help anybody? I can't do anything. If you define yourself by the bad days, you're not going to get anywhere. You have good days, too. Think about those. <sighs> it's easy to see on your end. Okay. Yeah. It's called leadership. Awen, uh, I'm sorry. Are you looking at me? Are you listening to me? I can't tell. Uh, Put your Awen, eyes are you down. Listening? Oh. Put your eyes down, oh. Bertram. Oh. oh, okay. Oh, hello. Uh, you're right. We we still all barely know each other. We've known each other for a few weeks, and that's it. But I think, like Penelope was alluding to, we all saw something in each other. We all quickly had to rely on each other. And I know on Ahab's boat, we all agreed to stay with each other. Now, however long that might be, I don't know. But I know a lot of us didn't have any place to be. We wanted to see the world and help people and learn. Learn how to use magic and learn the mysteries of this world. And hopefully learn about each other along the way. So, yes, we don't know you, but we also also are not going to get to know you if you keep us at arm's reach. If you don't invite us in, if we don't look each other in the eye, which I'm still having a difficult time doing right now while you're this angry, this is the way we get to know each other. So whenever you want to talk, we're here to listen. I just don't know what value add I am. You know, maybe I'm good, whatever. 
You know, I'm not, I'm not Waldo. I'm not like Archdrude Waldo. I can't, apparently I can't, I can't even charm a goddamn vampire. My arch enemy. I, anyway. Wouldn't that make you know them what? harder to you know, charm? Like, isn't that like the hardest thing to charm your enemy? I don't know. I don't know, Penny. I don't know. Maybe. But I'm not. Look, look, just, I just need a bit. All right. Take, have a bit. Bertram and I are going to go have a little tea in the corner. And by tea, I mean like the drink, not like gossip. So we're going to. And the whole time he's just like, he, he's not like, uh, he, he's gripping the pommel of the sword, but not in like a baseball stance, but more of like a, like. Flat he, across your lap. Like, he's just like feeling it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he's you're ringing it. it. You're, you're yeah, ringing, ringing it. it. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. As, as we walk away, maybe to the corner, kind of to let him kind of simmer and be. I would just kind of talk to uh, Penny. That was some uh, good leadership abilities there, Penelope. Or should I say zero? Why, do they, why did Charlie keep calling you zero? Oh my gosh, you only complimented me to try to get my guard down. And that's really annoying. Um, and it, it could have worked, but I'm smarter than that, Bertram. Doesn't mean I won't answer your dang question, though. Now, that was my name. That was my name here. My name, they call me Zero. It's a nickname. It's But how do you get from Penelope to Zero? What what is it a nickname that you fell into? You're going the wrong direction. I went from Zero to Penelope. Um and I think oh, we should Again, right how do you go from Zero to Penelope? I don't see the the correlation between the two. Bertram, you've never had to run away, have you? Never had to run away. You've never been in a position where you've had to run away. You've had it easy. You've been comfortable. Well, not I everyone don't know has if it's that. always been easy, but no, I have not run away before. No. Whatever. It has not. Whatever. <coughs> it has not been. <laughs> oh, editing this is going to be swell. That I muted. <laughs> you did the opposite. You unmuted. <laughs> and then your <laughs> eyes got so, so big. <laughs> Pardon me. Okay. Well, I was saying. Um, Whatever. All right. Hasn't always been easy, but you've never had to you've never had to run away. You've never been afraid for your life. You've never had to escape something. And sometimes you try to change everything about yourself so no one will find you. And then sometimes they find you in a prison on a mission. It's not what I wanted, but that is what they call me. You're gonna hear it more. They call me zero. And no reason behind it. It's just just it's just a name out of the blue. I never had a family. I don't. I never got a name from parents. Your self worth so, zero. Your life pros- perspectives zero. Okay, and I'm catching on now. I'm catching on. This is the best pep talk you've ever given me. So I got named by Fagan. He's the only person. He's the only parent I ever knew, and terrible one at that. Uh, and he named me zero. So I always remembered where I came from. And it's an affection. It's a name that stuck. So that is that is who I was. That is who I was. You're right. We're we're different, you and I, in many many ways, many important ways. But we are similar in some ways. I do know the importance or the weight of a name and the things you carry and the weight and the and the things that name symbolizes. My name is an acronym. Did you even know that? Do you know what an acronym is? I know what an acronym <laughs> is. 
I can read, Bertram. I can read. How can Bertram be so sad and condescending at the same time? (laughs) He was programmed that way. Every letter in my name stands for something. It stands for bioengineered robot tailored to respectfully assist the master. And so, yes, put that together and it's Bertram. But also, it's a reminder of who you are and your place. And so, again, yes, I understand about the weight and the meaning and the shame that a name can carry at times. So, wait, are there more Bertrams out there? It's a generic name. Is there, like, a fleet of Bertrams out there? I I don't know. Are there other me's? This is... This is a wholly original that you're looking at right now. I was So there's only one Ber- there's only one Bertram. He's V1. Yes. The mm. one and only. You're looking at him. Ooh, but no, no, yes, my, insinuates there's more. My creator I never met the fellow, but I think I was a prototype for the Featherfoot family looking for help around their manor. And I suppose that the creator liked that name. Maybe he thought it was a joke. But it stuck. Well, I respect that you understand what it's like to not be considered equal. But I can't imagine that the Featherfoots didn't tread lightly, didn't tread gently on you. You seem to have had a very nice life, living in nice places with nice things. So I can't, I just can't imagine you actually understand where I'm coming from. Believe me, some were nicer than others. But that's a story for another day. Uh, and I think as we're talking, I reach into my bag, kind of thumbing through things. I pull out, I kind of thumb through a lot of the items that I grabbed, that Bertram grabbed in the prison. And he pulls out the, he pulls out the embroidered silk handkerchief. Hmm. Can, he kind of runs his fingers along the the lace and the stitching admiring the work can you just tell me can i should i roll or what can you is there anything else that stands out maybe about this piece or anything else you can tell me about wd yeah you you don't need to roll for that uh you you notice yes it is it is a fine gossamer silk that the the main part of the handkerchief is made out of and then in purple embroidery and as you you run your fingers across it like the stitching is is some of the finest you've seen um and very precise and what's interesting about this is tip you were very used to items like these with the featherfoot family and you were used to you know their initials being on there some with the family insignia but in this it's very simple and straightforward although elegant in script and the thing that stands out to you most is that the WD is in lowercase letters. But that, other than that, that is all that you notice. It's Walt Disney. <laughs> that, that, is a, that is a fan theory that we have received in messages a couple times. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I'll, I'll just I'll, I'll quietly kind of admire that as I hmm, I'm guessing there's no there's no water. Or there's no, mm, I, there is. I, uh, so on the, on the work table that was 10 feet away from you guys, I would say that you're even sitting even closer to it now as you kind of went away from where Awen was stewing, um, that there is a bucket of water 
on the oh, on the workbench. I thought we weren't going to be able to have tea after I dumped my Walter that I had on top of that on top of that woman in there to melt her face off. And so, yeah, I'll take the water and I'll start brewing up some tea. And, As you're uh, taking that water, you notice that it is very murky and cloudy and not clean. You might want to boil that water. Not a problem. I pull out, uh, not often used, but a silver spoon with an F engraved on the handle. And as I stir it clockwise, it slowly turns from murky water to like crystal clear, like the cleanest, purest water you've ever seen. Whoa. Is it alkaline? Smart water. What's the and I, and, I, and I don't do and I don't do anything about it. I, I I don't say any. I don't speak anything about what I'm doing. I just do it. And so yeah. Okay. Great. I think Awen notices him from across the room. room. <laughs> You're like yeah. craning he's your kind head. Of, he's he's like he's like twisting his his uh, swords stat whatever it's called the pommel. Pommel. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so phallic. My God. Um and uh and he's looking over and he sees uh, Bertram just spitting his spoon. Oh my god, I'm sorry. It's just, it's made worse that you're in a corner. Hunched over. I'm, I'm going to stop. <laughs> I'm going to stop. All right, so and I offer, what are you going to do with I this? I offer, well, well then I'll, I'll uh, if that crystal clear water, and I'll, I'll, ha- I'll extend it to Penelope. Does, does Penelope take it with, uh, when she saw that it was murky, and now it's well, not? Well, Penelope was looking off. She didn't see the water. So she just turns it. She's like, any water you would have here would be like, ugh. And then, like, mid-groan, she looks and she was like, oh, huh, thank, thank you. This looks nice. And she accepts it. And then I'll, I'll bring some to A1. As, I'll offer some to A1 as well if he wants some. Hey, thanks, Bertram. Okay. And he accepts it. He, he, he drinks it. And I okay. look up at the ceiling as I kind of back away. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so yeah. let's have you guys settle in for your rest. How are you guys going to arrange yourselves? I'm still in the corner. I cross my legs. I'm holding on to my sword, and I my eyes just kind of like go into a half a half haze, like a little haze, as I begin to meditate. I I, I look over to Bertram and I whisper, "Hey, should we should we snap move that sword while he's med- meditating? Should we? And we're just gonna leave that. We're gonna let the sleeping man hold a sword. Don't oh, touch okay. a boy's sword while he's polishing it. Oh God, that is a recipe for a mess and a disaster." A mess? Oh my god. I might cut all that out. You guys. Penny's young, but she's you not naive. You guys. You're the one who spoke this into existence. No one else was thinking this, Caitlin. Oh, I mean, I thought of it when she was saying sword oh, in the corner. Okay. Oh, I okay. definitely did not go say? there. All you right. Pervert. All right, move on, move on. Let's get out of this juncture. Penny. So, uh, yeah. What do you guys well, do? Penny uh, heads over to one of the made coffins, is, and I'm assuming there's a lid kind of on it as well, like kind of yeah. across it's it. Askew. Penny just sort of jumps in and is like, eh, I sleep better in the dark, and then just pulls it over and just gets in. Good lord. Nice. I'll, um, is there like a, a, a very obvious like front door or like only a, an entrance to this place? There is an entrance that is just that doorway with the stairs leading upward. Oh, there's no door. It's just stairs that kind of dis- disappear upwards. Mm-hmm. I think I would just kind of put myself in a corner, maybe by the door, kind of hid, tucked away 
but kind of serving as a as a as a lookout kind of in in a, in a way since I don't sleep I can just kind of train my eyes on the wall and if so if someone comes in I can have the jump on them or be able to uh warn the others okay. so I'll just be standing in the corner kind of looking at the wall <laughs> Wait, you're going to stand sentinel staring at the wall, the corner? So you're staring, you're uh, basically Like if there's a doorway, the there's a doorway. doorway. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like in the corner. So if someone walked into the room, the they would walk past me and they wouldn't, they may not see me tucked in the corner as they enter. Okay. So I'm kind of, okay. I'm watching that doorway. Does that make sense? Like mm-hmm. I'm tucked away in the corner next to the entryway. Um, Okay. So I'm right there if I see someone walk in. Cool. But they won't see me. Okay. Hopefully. So the three of you are arranged in this way, and I'm going to have, you know, time passes. You either sleep or meditate or take whatever you need uh, for a full rest. And day waxes on into early evening, and as the shadows grow longer and the light dims, showing the passage of time and going into the setting of the sun... You overhear voices at the head of the hallway of the stairway leading downward and the sound of footsteps coming down. The Fable and Folly Network supports creators of exceptional audio stories, including the one you're listening to right now. If you love our shows, we want to hear from you. Complete our listener survey at fableandfolly.com survey. This will help us learn more about you, what you like, what you'd like to hear more of, and how we can maintain an inclusive, safe atmosphere. As a thank you for your participation, we have extras and behind-the-scenes content from your favorite shows. Fans make the network what it is. Thanks for listening, and we can't wait to hear from you. Find our listener survey at fableandfolly.com survey today. Friends, half-orcs, countrymen, lend me your pointy ears. Hey guys, it's me, Kate, your master teacher, and I'm here kind of around the halfway mark to, first of all, say thank you so much for listening. We are jazzed you're here we are so thankful to have you guys on a regular basis and we hope that we will continue to entertain you and give you little tidbits of mystery and intrigue to keep you coming back for more i would also like to invite you to a few things first i invite you to reach out to us you can find us through email our email is show at gmail.com and we will get back to you on there. You can also reach out to us on Twitter. Our handle is at Show. But either way, if you want to just say, hey, we love that. We're a small cast, so we definitely we definitely thrive off of those shout outs or just moments to say, hey. But you can also give us feedback, suggestions for future adventures, ideas for NPCs, even ideas for future stories for me to feature as an adventure as long as they are in public domain. So old enough (laughs) to be featured on here uh, as a free story to use. So these can be short stories, it can be poetry, it can be essays, plays, and full novels. I'd love to hear what your ideas are. 
And lastly, I'd like to invite you to leave us a review. You can leave us a review on iTunes or wherever else you are listening to this podcast. But by doing so, you are giving us even more life. You are allowing us to reach more eyes and ears of people who would otherwise have no idea we exist. And in return, I would love to read your reviews on here, kind of feature you in exchange. And so for this week, I am reading a review from a user by the name of EV269726. Maybe like someone's first name starts with EV or EV. Um, But they say, this is a cleverly playful cast, always equally engaging and hilarious. Don't pass this one up. Thanks, man. That was amazing. Uh, But anyways, I will now kind of cut this short because that's enough of me. And I hope you're still enjoying this adventure in the literary world of Oliver Twist. So let's get back to it. So since two of the three of you don't fully sleep, it would be unlikely that you would be taken by surprise. And so I'm going to have you roll for stealth to hide. But I'm going to give you the advantage since two of the three of you are in a semi-wakeful mode. And so you wouldn't have this as a surprise. So I'm going to have you roll for stealth, which is kind of one of the sub-categories of dexterity. All right. Do you want to describe how we hide? After you roll, yeah. Okay, rolling stealth. 19 for me. Is it just the two of them? I'm like, I'm kind of hidden already, but also I could wake up and make a noise on accident. Exactly. All right, so I got 12. Good. We're looking for DC 11. Yikes. I rolled a two and a four. Okay. Two and a four. Okay, so yeah, you are going to... I would love you to roll through this. So for two of you to successfully and stealthily hide... And then for Adam, I would love for you to describe for me how Bertram would not stealthfully hide. Um, yeah, I guess he would try and panic looking around the room, trying to find a place to hide. But coffins are too small for him. There's no like really furniture, it sounds like, to hide behind. So I think he would kind of duck behind the table in the center of the room. But he's about seven feet tall, so he's kind of very obviously like his head sticking out probably the top or you know he's not hiding very well okay it's a it's a it's a late it's probably a a, like a lazy effort or not lazy effort but a last ditch effort i'll say and so he's probably hoping that the person's maybe drunk or just is i don't know he's just not moving as he's obviously poking out behind the table as as soon as Awen kind of here in his ha- in his meditative state, as soon as he hears uh, someone coming down the the stairs, um, he reaches his arms out, and as he reaches them out, uh, like an anamorph, they 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 grow longer and they grow into kind of they fork off and become pincers, and he leans down like he's going to be kind of like on all fours like downward dog and he starts to grow a tail that grows up and long these little modules that grow on top of each other to a point uh and he starts to become very small and he turns himself into a scorpion 
Ooh, nice. Dang. What an icky thing to turn into. You know, is a rat or a scorpion? I figured scorpion was cooler. Panther? <laughs> You've done a panther before, haven't you? Oh, yeah, that Panthers would hide very, very well. Very low key. <laughs> oh, <that's> not... <laughs> oh, my God, it's a fucking panther. <laughs> I, thought you just meant, I thought you just meant of the animals you can turn into. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I would say, yeah, it, it, I, I, that would work. That would work in this urban setting. And then, Penny, what would you do? I'm still in the coffin. I think okay. I wake up and I like lean up a little bit and then I just like lie back down. Okay. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know what I mean? Exactly. All right. This is going to be very interesting to go through. So as the, as the footsteps come closer, I would say Awen and Bertram, you can see uh, two, two pairs of feet in, in your vision. Um, the first one, and both of them are, are carrying torches. So it is not well lit in your area. Um, and so the first one is a smaller gnome, and then right behind him is a minotaur. And so as they're entering in, you hear the, the larger minotaur say, Gadso, of all the ungratefulest and worst disposed boys as I ever see, Twist is just as bad as, as bad as, it. and dot, the, the second one immediately cuts him off. Ch- Enough, brittles. You know as well as I that we aren't to speak her name around here. And the boss has ears everywhere, you see? And Penny, although you can't see them, you immediately recognize these two voices. The smaller of the two you recognize as Dodger, one of the kids who would have been growing up alongside you, but usually was usually in the first command, the first command stage of the children. So he was probably the most relied upon and most used by Fagan. And the second one, you know, is someone who was recruited not long before you left. Um, And just a larger guy named Brittles. Nothing too much. You didn't really interact with him too much. Um, He was one of the adults um, who would be kind of just the, the errand boy, as it were, for, so the errand man for Fagan. And as they approach the circle where you guys were, you see them kind of fade off. And then in a note of confusion, Brittle says, I thought a shipment was going to be coming in this morning. Did I get that wrong? No, no. But the note clearly said that we were supposed to have a new set of armor, lots of spears, and, I don't know, some some uncontained liquid that we're supposed to handle with care, but nothing here. And so they start to kind of sweep around the room, and they haven't yet looked at the table yet, Bertram. Um, and I, I would wonder, are you powered up or powered? Like, what do you look like? What do you mean? Like, I'm not, I'm not sleeping, so I'm, I'm regular do Bertram. You, yeah, I've never asked this about Bertram before. Does Bertram make any sounds just when he is like, is there any worrying or machination uh, sounds of that? Or does anything light up for him? No. Because he's to be neither seen nor heard. So he okay. wouldn't be made to make like obnoxious noises and flashes. Okay. And so as they scan the room, you know, they finally make a full arc to the table. And you hear... Brittles exclaim, What's this? 
and he rushes over. And then coming to the table, he bends down. Of all the things I could have imagined, not this. And he lifts up the bucket of water that you still had in there. Fresh, clean water. Dodger, get over here. Do you see this? And Dodger kind of is like, Fagin is the only one with a direct line to a supply of actually clean water. Where did this get from? This could go for so much gold. People will kill for water right now in the city. And so they start to just like furtively look around as if anybody's, you know, checking them out. They don't really notice anybody behind them. They're still not looking directly in front of them. And they, they had kind of dropped their, their torches on the ground. That's the thing about torches and these things, right? Dropping them on the ground, they're still going. Um, and they're just lapping up at this water with just an abandoned that tells you they are. They have probably gone so long without fresh water and they're so thirsty for it. Oh, they finally finish it. Well, you promise not to tell Fagin about this and I'll keep my mouth shut. All right, Brittles? You got it. Nobody needs to know about this. We'll just go back and tell him at his, at his shop that shipment didn't come in. He can talk to whoever is on his side. Really, has he told you anything new? No. I don't know who these people are he's working with, but... <sighs> the more that we ask questions, the more paranoid he gets. Especially after Charlie gone, I don't know where he is. Well... We still have that thing tomorrow night, right? What thing? Come on, Brittles. The, hmm, the funeral tomorrow night. Oh, yes, yes. Um, tomorrow night. Uh, wh what time again? Oh, my gosh, Brittles. This is why I'm in charge, and I do the thinking for the both of us. Tomorrow night at 7 p.m. at the LaRoche grave. We're having a funeral of sorts, so make sure you're on time this time. Can't cover for you, everyone. And so, really, as they steal back, um, I'm going to have Bertram and Awen. Can you guys do a perception check for me? 23. 18. Both of you notice that as they're walking back towards this doorway, and Brittles stoops down to pick up both of the torches for them. Dodger, the gnome, the smaller of the two, with kind of like a flourish of his hand, drops an item into one of the open caskets near him before that the Minotaur can see him. And then, as if nothing happened, gathers his torch from the Minotaur and they both ascend the stairs. Shady. Penny. This is a couple voices from your past that you had hoped perhaps never to hear again. I'm asking you to do a wisdom check for me. Let's see how your coloring is doing. 18. Okay. So you're able to keep your, your cool and composure. Um, I'm not sure how you can inform me what your own, like maybe very quickly, what her, what Penny's opinion of Dodger and even Brittles would have been. It doesn't seem, especially if you're able to keep your composure, that it would have been too traumatic. Um, Penny, they, they walk out. Once the footsteps fade away, Penny like lurches up and kind of looks in. She is not 
She's not thrilled. All of this makes her uncomfortable. She was really afraid she'd get caught. But she doesn't hate them. She's nervous about being caught because she doesn't want Fagan to know she's back. But she doesn't hate them. They're just a part of you can't blame the you can't blame the victim as much as you would blame the oppressor. So she just sort of views them as all victims. Maybe a little worse. I think the artful dodger, she's never been able to put her thumb on him, um, even though he's quite small. Uh, she's never been able to quite like peg him down. He's very shifty. He's like a he's very Loki-esque, right? You just don't know. You can never really trust him. So she doesn't want to deal with them, but she doesn't dislike him. She just assumes Fagin and the streets made him that way. So that's how she feels. And Brittle just like, whatever. I mean, we all could tell that kid was dumb. <laughs> that kid dumb. Okay, so now they have clear their their footsteps have clearly receded and the light of their torches is completely gone. So once again the three of you are left in silence and in pretty much darkness here. Um and you're alone. Bertram can't believe that his terrible hiding spot was not seen. He was preparing lines <laughs> in his head. He was preparing to play You are so lucky that you actually chose the spot that was near the one thing that I planted that would have been like uh, they they could Well, I thought like being by that I thought being by that would be what the, why they would see me. Like I was stand I was right at that table. Yeah. But Tunnel lucky vision. me. Yeah, um Bertram would since he kind of looks back and he doesn't really know what all Penny and Awen saw since Awen's in another form. And I don't know if, if Bertram saw that or not. And for all he knows, Penny is still sleeping. He hurries over and wants to go to that bin where he saw the Dodger drop the item in one of the open caskets. Mm-hmm. And he wants to go over there and examine and see what it is. Penny's popped up at this point and is watching Bertram. Awen? Yeah, I, I, Awen, uh, as soon as they leave, Awen like, kind of transforms back into his, his elven form. Bertram, re- reaching in, you see that it is a folded piece of paper. It's a crumpled note. Yeah, I, I immediately open it. Okay. So reading it, you see it in, in really messy handwriting. I don't know if this would bug Bertram or anything, but um, and, and many of the words are misspelled and some are crossed out and rewritten but it says my feelings haven't changed and they never will and why should i suffer from putting off my venting anymore it's doing me no good no before i leave this place i'll give fagin an earful and then you see a lot of hurried scribbles and very hard to read and squinting you can just make out He took the gold locket and ring from her dead mother, that devil. Maybe Rose? Question mark. And the rest of the writing stops abruptly there. So it sounds like if if he did write this, it sounds like there's a plan going on and he's pissed because Fagin or someone stole something from someone's mother. So I guess he's he's aware that maybe Fagin is doing like grave robbing. And he is not cool with that, and he's pissed, and maybe some plan is going on. Is that what I'm gathering? That's probably what you're thinking right now. Um, Do you show this to anyone? Do you keep it to yourself? Yeah, totally. I I would immediately bring it over to to Penelope. Since this is like her world, I assume that maybe she knows the players involved. 
And so I would extend the note to her and say, who are those chaps? Um, Penny immediately grabs it and is looking at it and kind of, kind of really engaged with it and absolutely like, oh, Dodger, Dodger and Brittles. Um, but you and notice something it. interesting, Penny. When you're looking at this, yeah, you, you identify who that was. But you know this writing. It's, it's not Dodger's. This is Charlie's writing. Huh. Interesting. More reasons. It was probably going to be useful to bring Charlie along with us <laughs> rather than the count. Um, we have the count. We have the count. You know, when it counts. Um, and I just go, huh. Why, why would Dodge have this? It's, why would Dodge have this if this is Charlie's? Something really weird is going on. I'm glad we left him behind. I don't want him. He's not smart enough to get through this. We got to figure this out. Um, I say that to kind of myself. When I look at them, I'm like, I think we got to go. I think it's time. Yeah, it sounds like we need to go to this, uh, this funeral tonight at 7. Tomorrow night. Do you know where LaRoche's grave is, Penny? I think probably from a mortuary, it's pretty easy to find. At the sound, at the, at, at the repeat of the name LaRoche, Penny, I want you to do another wisdom save. Oh man, she's going to be having a lot of these. I got a oh, feeling no. during this. Go so pink. Uh, well, nope, that's a, that's a seven. The pink extends up halfway, like to your bicep. Just, ah, oh, shit. Is the, just immediately cross my arms. I would look, I would see that. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no way to hide that. Penny, what is that? What is going on? Are, are you okay? What's I'm, going on with your arm? I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. Don't you, don't, you're saying you don't do this? That doesn't look fine, Was Penny. It something it's you fine. Drink? They are work. You, are you allergic Magenta? to something? I, all I've had to drink is what you've given me. Maybe you did this to me. Oh, those two chaps love I'm that perfect Walter that I made. Don't blame the Walter. Did you hear him blabbering over it? I did. <laughs> made, you proud, <laughs> made you proud, Bertram. <laughs> what, what's what's um, wrong, poor girl? Do you have an allergic reaction to something? Are you warm in here? <sighs> and yes, but that's not the problem. Oh, man. Um, this happens. This happens when I'm stressed. And I'm very stressed. And your questions aren't making me less stressed. At this now moment. I you know how I feel. <laughs> I mean, I've seen you fight a Look whale and fight Dr. Frankenstein, and I didn't... That, were you, was that a walk through the park for you? You won't stress Compared to that. this, diff, different kind of park, but yeah, this is, this is just very stressful, and this is something that happens to me for reasons, and I would appreciate it if you didn't make me feel insecure about it, like I do right now. Penny, it's okay. I saw a commercial. If you got mesophilioma, they can handle it. Okay? Wait, what is that? <laughs> it's like those old commercials for like, I don't know, asbestos or something yeah. like that. I would, I, I, I think Bertram would kind of see that, that, that fuchsia or magenta? Fuchsia. Okay. Fuchsia. Bertram would Always notice fuchsia. that the fuchsia is coming out of what I assume the bands that she still has wrapped around her arms. And so I would walk to her arms and not asking for permission, but thinking I'm trying to help her. I would start unwrapping the, the bands, trying to see if I'm, I'm trying to help her and I want to see how bad this is. 
So what are you? Excuse me, good sir. What are you doing? You cannot just touch a lady without asking. How dare you? You said you had manners. You said you had decorum. This is nothing like I that. Saw, nothing. I thought I. But I just trying to help you. Are you? I don't know if you're dying right now. Are you rotting from dying? the inside? I don't know. We're not focusing on me right now. We're focusing on you and your bad manners, Mister. You said you were better than this. I trusted you. I'm offended. And I just immediately walk up the stairs, taking advantage of this moment and my high ground to take the literal high ground out of the room. (laughs) Perfect. I can't look at anyone in the eyes anymore on this team. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Where am I? Welcome to Desert Skies, Traveler. Your journey through the physical plane has come to an end. I am the attendant. My colleague here is the mechanic. Yo! This is your last stop on your way to the great beyond. It's our job to make sure you're prepared for the ride. Now... Before hitting the road, we have an impressive selection of over 34 varieties of microwavable burritos. Um, what, what, what's going on? There's gotta be a better afterlife than this. I mean, come on! Uh, that's offensive. Something seems to be wrong with me. You left something major undone. I have a life outside of this gas station, you know. You quite literally do not. Any hobbies? Nope. Ever travel? No love interest? Are you kidding? Oh my god. You're like the human version of a plain bagel. Cash register. How can I help you, attendant? Play some music? You got it. It's kind of funny, though. What I needed wasn't back there. It was here, waiting for me. I wonder what it feels like, Mac, to miss the physical plane, the people you left behind. You know, I had a wife who died three years ago. Wish I could go back. No, you don't need to go back. You just need to be here. And a new traveler approaches. Ready, team? Ready. Good. Let's do this. Find Desert Skies wherever you listen to podcasts.